are listening to the Christian Bookworm Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I show up every week to talk to you about all things bookish and to tell you about one fiction, one nonfiction, and one children's book selection written by and for Christians. I love reading good books and I love helping you find good books too. Let's dive in. This is episode seven. Welcome back, bookworms. I hope you all had a really happy Thanksgiving and are enjoying a cheerful kickoff to a really joyful holiday season this year. If you're not, if you're in a place of grief or um, sorrow for any other reason, and this is not the year for Christmas spirit, I just want to say that I understand that. I completely understand that and I fully support that. And my prayer for you is that if this can't be a joyful season for you, that you can at least find some peace and that you can at least experience hope. And that feeling that this is this year and this is not forever um, and whether it's fresh grief or you know, whatever tender thing you are experiencing right now, I'm just praying that you will be able to to really feel that this is not the way it will always feel and that there is still joy to be had in the future and that there can still be happy times. So that is my prayer. My prayer first and foremost is joy. And if not joy, then peace and hope. And hopefully you can find some of those things In today's episode, um, none of the rest of my episodes will be completely Christmas-focused because I know that a lot of people don't care for reading holiday-specific books, which is completely fine. That's kind of new for me, so I'm just sharing lots of regular picks, but I'll probably sprinkle some Christmas things in here and there because that's what I do. We are kind of in full swing Christmas mode in my household. We are actually putting our Christmas tree up tonight, which we are all very excited about. And I wanted to share something with you. My family, we talked about, we every year we do a special Christmas tree ornament that kind of marks that year. So one year, my kids were really obsessed with Toy Story. So the ornament... Um, for that year was Woody, and it was the year of Woody. And the year we got this cabin in the woods, and we did all this work, and it was kind of nightmarish at times, to be completely honest. It was our dream come true, and it was a nightmare at times, but um, it was worth it. It was work all the wor- worth all the work and worth all the struggle. And our Christmas ornament that year was of a little cabin. It was the year of the cabin. So this year, 2020, we talked about it and we couldn't quite figure it out. And at one point I thought to myself that maybe I needed to find a little face mask Christmas tree ornament because I thought, well, this is the year of the face mask. And then I had this thought, and I don't know if it was mine or not, that went absolutely not. That is not what this year was about. And I thought, that is it's not. This is not what this year is about. This is not going to define my family's year. Absolutely not. So my children all year long have been playing wolves. They have been pretending that they are in a wolf pack. They're pretend games. All four of them are wolves. 
when we sit down to dinner, it doesn't matter what I have made. If we're having spaghetti, they say, let's dig into our spaghetti-shaped fish. <laughs> if they are having a granola bar, then, you know, they call it salmon. Or they say, let's all share this caribou or whatever I've made. They're pretending that they're wolves. And this is the year of the wolf. This is absolutely not the year of the face mask because the things that have gone on in the world this year absolutely do not define my family or the spirit of my family. And they don't even define our year because we are not going to let them. So this for us is the year of the wolf. And if your family does something each year to commemorate the year you've had on your Christmas tree, I want to encourage you to think outside of this situation this whole world is in. You might notice I'm not saying it, and that is because I know that there are so many platforms where using the specific words... um, means that your post is no longer able to be shared or it's flagged, little things like that. So I'm trying to be really cautious about not using certain words, and that's why. But I would encourage you to not allow what's going on in the world right now to define your family's year either, because that is not who we are. We are in the world, right, Christians? But we are not of the world. That is something that's been on my heart this week, and I'm hoping that is maybe helpful to some of you. Maybe not, but that's where I'm at. As a reminder, you can find the links to everything I talk about today on our show notes page, www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes dot html. All of our December episodes are sponsored by the Christian Homeschool Curriculum Company that my family has been using and loving since 2017, The Good and the Beautiful. I'm not sure I have talked about them on the podcast yet, but I definitely talk about them all the time on my social media accounts, on my blog, because we adore them. The Good and the Beautiful is committed to bringing goodness and beauty into as many homes as possible. Their curriculum emphasizes family, God, high character, nature, and wholesome literature, all at incredibly low prices. This year, we are using their uh, math program for both my second grader and my kindergartner. We are using handwriting for all three of my oldest kids, the preschool curriculum, uh, preschool and K-primer for my four-year-old, and the nature notebooks for all four kids, because even my three-year-old likes to tag along and get involved in that, and the kindergarten language arts program for my five-year-old. Last week, we enjoyed a story on their free storytime website, goodandbeautifulstorytime.com, and I ordered a few goodies on the Black Friday Christmas shopping sale. So it is absolutely safe to say that this is a company we use and recommend. So definitely take a sec this week to check them out, goodandbeautiful.com. I am excited this month to help you get to know them a little better and hopefully learn to love them just as much as my family does. This week I am telling you about a historical fiction time slip novel I really like, a five-star essay collection, and three selections from The Good and the Beautiful. 
This week's fiction pick is The Wedding Dress by Rachel Hauk. This is the first in the Wedding Collection series, and it actually won a Rita Award in 2013. This one is set in Birmingham, Alabama, which I love. For whatever reason, even though I have never been there, I absolutely adore books set in the South. Our main character is Charlotte, and she owns a wedding dress boutique. Charlotte finds a vintage wedding dress in an antique trunk and distracts herself from her own pre-wedding jitters by diving into the dress's mysteries and the stories of its previous owners. I really love the way all the different timelines wove together seamlessly. Along with Charlotte's contemporary timeline, we also get to see the owners who wore the dress in 1912, 1939, and in 1968. When I was a kid, I really enjoyed a series called The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I am not endorsing this series for Christian kids, and it's been too long for me to remember all of the content warnings, but I do know for sure that there is some teenage intimacy happening in these books. But still, it was a series I enjoyed back then, about four friends with very different body types who all managed to fit into a pair of blue jeans. And because they all fit and feel that they look great in these blue jeans, they see them as kind of magical and special, and the story is centered around the adventures they have in these jeans. Something about this book brought me back to that time in my life. Because although the wedding dress in itself is not magical, there is a magical feel to this book because, you know, in a similar vein, all four of these brides have different body types, but all four of them fit wonderfully into this wedding dress without any tailoring. I really hope you'll check this one out, and if you like it, you might want to consider reading the Christmas novella sequel, The Wedding Dress Christmas. This one is self-published. So although the uh, original, The Wedding Dress, is available through any major retailer, The Wedding Dress Christmas you will only be able to find online. That one is set in modern-day Tennessee, and it does not have a historical element to it. We have a country star home for the holidays in his quaint small town. And we also have his old high school flame, Jojo, who is recovering from an incident that happened um, during her life in the city. So she has just moved back to moved back to their same small town, and her life is moving in a very different direction from his. So while we're getting to experience all the feel-good, heartwarming Christmas feels, we are also getting to kind of explore their pasts and their relationship and figure out if they are going to make things work. Our nonfiction pick this week is Cold Tangerines by Shauna Nequist. This is an essay collection about celebrating the extraordinary moments hidden in our everyday lives. I really like essay collections as long as they are done right, and I love all of Shauna Nequist's um, books of essays. But this one feels perfect to talk about today. Um, because it's not a Christmas essay collection at all, 
but there is one Christmas essay inside. And I want to share a snippet of that with you today just so you can get a feel for her writing and also reflect a little bit on what she has said. All alone in our house with my son, in the midst of a frantic holiday season, I knew that that moment right there, in the dim corner of the living room on a dark Monday afternoon, was the merriest Christmas moment for me. The sweetest moment of gratitude and hope happened right then in our quiet house with my son, kissing his little baby feet. And it is, after all, a season for babies. It makes sense to me in a new way that God chose to wrap his divinity in baby bones and baby skin. I always thought maybe it was to demonstrate vulnerability or to identify fully with each phase of humanity. But now I think it was something else. I think it was because babies make us believe in the possibility and power of the future. It's genius that the Christ, the Messiah, came as a baby. Not because of his helplessness, but because of the possibility every baby holds. I really like that. I really love that. I had a baby who was a November baby. So she was tiny at Christmas time, and I found myself reflecting more and more on this essay because that felt so true to be holding that baby at Christmas time and be experiencing that. It's been a couple years since I've read this, but this was absolutely a five star read for me. And I do hope you'll check out all of her essay collections, but definitely I would hope that at the top of your list this year will be Cold Tangerines. My three children's book selections for you today all come from The Good and the Beautiful Library. The Good and the Beautiful has a wonderful goal of helping families to see that the media they consume, which is not just TV and movies and video games, but also books, greatly affects their character and especially the character of growing children. They are very passionate about putting books into children's hands that not only influence their family relationships and encourage them to explore their own faith and values and to strengthen their character and their beliefs, but that are also well-written. They are of high literary value and they are fun and engaging and just bring something good and beautiful into the reader's life. I really appreciate that both as a parent and as a person who likes to read. So they have two great ways that you can connect with them to find really great, wholesome, and good literature for your children or the children in your life. The first is a free resource on their site, goodandbeautiful.com. This is the Good and Beautiful book list. Their team is constantly reading children's books, yes, Christian, but also secular, to find and weed out the very few precious gems that are worth your child's time. These are the books that, like we said, they have good faith and good character and good family values in them and are well-written and engaging. They have some really solid guidelines for determining just what makes a book good and beautiful. And I haven't read all of the hundreds of books on the list, but I have read 
pretty good little chunk, and so far they have yet to disappoint. So again, that one is free. They have picture books all the way up through high school senior recommendations. So you can truly find some great selections and recommendations for any age level. All you do is pop in your email address on their website and they will email you over a really nice long PDF with cover images and lots of information including a written review on each book. The second option you can use to find great literature through their website is the Good and the Beautiful Library. And this is where they republish wholesome, out-of-print fiction and create original publications, all of which meet those solid guidelines. They very generously sent me a few publications to read and tell you about this month, and I am excited to tell you today about the three offerings they sent me for younger readers. The first is I Am Molly, This Is Mac by Molly Sanchez. This is a really sweet level one read about a family and their day-to-day -day adventures. My kindergartner and I read this one together and she absolutely loved it. My five-year-old absolutely loves books about families, brothers and sisters playing together and parents playing with their children. She loves this. But she also really loves chapter books. She is a very early reader. Um, this book is actually too advanced for her, so she needed a, quite a bit of help with it, but it was still really special feeling for her because she just so badly wants to read chapter books like her big brother. So this was a really great way for us to just curl up and read together and bond and connect and for her to gain some reader confidence and for me to feel happy about what we were reading. A lot of the books in this kind of level one reading level are a real slog for me as a parent and sometimes for her as the young reader too. She really appreciates a good story and has been listening to great stories all her life. So to go from a long, rich, wonderful description to the cat is fun, the sun is hot and be a little bit demoralizing for her. <laughs> she didn't have that feeling at all with this book, which I very much appreciated, and I didn't have that feeling either. It was fun, we wanted to see what antics they would get up to next, and I felt perfectly safe reading it to her without pre-screening it, which is always a huge plus for me. The second book is Facts About Cats and Dogs by Jenny Phillips and Sue Suver-Battelle. This one is a level two read, and this one taught my second grader a lot about our pets. We have a dog, a puppy, and a cat, and he learned a lot, and I'm not sure if I'm proud or embarrassed to say that I learned a lot as well. <laughs> this book is definitely well-written, it's fun, it's engaging, it's got some really nice photographs of the pets, and it's split 50-50. The first 30 pages taught us about cats. The second 30 pages taught us about dogs. The third book is my favorite of this group. This is also a level two read, and this one is Mary Helen and the Black Pony by Molly Taylor Sanchez. 
Mary Helen is shy, and rather than this being a book telling her she needs to come out of her shell, which we see all the time, this is a book teaching her that that is absolutely okay. And she is learning this while also, of course, enjoying time with her pony. This one is very family-oriented, which I loved, and Mary Helen's parents offered a lot of really great wisdom in a way that let Mary Helen discover some important lessons for herself with her parents as a guide. So, for example, Mom was pointing out some flowers and talking about how wanting the flowers to grow right after you've planted them is not the way to see the blooms. The only way to see that is to wait patiently. And Mary Helen is making this connection and realizing that this is true about herself, too. She just has to be patient and allow herself to bloom when she is ready. I really love that. We talked a little bit about uh, this concept in episode five with my husband in that week's children's selection that it is just really important to us that our children get to be themselves the way God designed them. So some of my children are very outgoing and some of them are not. And this book is going to remind them that that is 100% okay. And I love that. Something else I really loved about this book might seem silly to some of you and others of you will completely understand where I'm coming from. Some of the adults in this book are illustrated as being curvy. And as a curvy mama, I really appreciate that. I have three daughters. I am very curvy. My mother and many of the women in her family are very curvy. The women on my husband's side of the family are not necessarily curvy women, which means that some of my three daughters might be curvy and some might not be. And I need all three of my daughters to see their bodies represented as being beautiful and natural and normal in picture books. So I always really love seeing curvy bodies portrayed as completely natural. The first two books, I Am Molly, This Is Mac, and Facts About Cats and Dogs are good, clean, wholesome reads. The third book is more of a Christian book. So if you are looking exclusively for Christian books, Mary Helen and the Black Pony is going to be more your bet. If you're simply looking for clean, wholesome reads, all three of these will meet those standards. I really hope that you will take a look at goodandbeautiful.com. Check out these books. They're, of course, linked in the show notes. Check out some of the other books on their site. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thanks for listening, bookworms. This week, I want to encourage you to add something good and beautiful to your life. Maybe that looks like a daily walk in nature or a new morning routine, or maybe it looks like a pretty puzzle with positive music playing in the background. Whatever it is for you, I just really want to encourage you to savor it and really enjoy it. Once again, you can find the links to all the books and everything else we talked about today on our show notes page, www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes dot html. 
You can also connect with me at facebook.com slash author skbell, on Instagram, Twitter, and now Parlor as author skbell. I hope I said that right. I'm trying to try out the new social media platforms that everyone seems to be moving to right now and parlor is the first so if you have a favorite that you like more than facebook or instagram or twitter then definitely let me know and i will try to um, create an account on there instead you can email me and let me know at skbell36 that's 36 at gmail.com I hope you will take a moment this week to check out our sponsor at goodandbeautiful.com and I hope you have a great day. And I hope that at some point involves you curling up with a good book. See you next time.